Welcome to episode 71 of On Air, the Ohio Hockey Digest podcast. The Ohio Hockey Digest is the foremost location for hockey in Ohio, covering every level played from youth and high school to juniors, college and pro. Articles written to keep the hockey community up to date on all happenings with hockey in Ohio. My name is Jason Lewandowski. I'm joined by Scott Harrington and producer Dan Humphrey. Tim Sullivan is on assignment tonight. With On Air, we are bringing you fresh content and adding voices, names, and faces to interesting people making the Ohio hockey community better. This segment of the Ohio Hockey Digest On Air podcast is brought to you by the Ohio Hockey Project, Northeast Ohio's leader in player development and advancement. Take your training to the next level this offseason with the Ohio Hockey Project. Visit www dot ohiohockeyproject.com to learn about drop-in skills and individual and small group sessions we want to start by welcoming another live audience tonight get your popcorn ready if you have joined us live via zoom please sit tight and enjoy the show if you have any questions or comments please type those in the chat and if the opportunity presents itself producer dan humphrey will put you on with us well fellas uh here we are back again uh off out of the studio, if you will, back at it in our homes due to logistical reasons. Actually, the rumor on the street is that uh, our studio is uh, undergoing some upgrades, uh, some new lighting fixtures, uh, maybe some better chairs. But here we are back at home. Another episode. Uh, obviously, we're down one tonight. We're dash one tonight with Sully being gone. But uh, recapping from last week, a nice, uh, wonderful conversation with the head coach of the Bowling Green Bobcats, Connor Rogowski, um, his energy, his youth, his drive to take that that organization back to where it was and 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 eclipse that as well is just infectious. And you can hear his love for the area, the community, and and just his his zest for doing things the right way and bringing Bowling Green to the level that uh, I, I hate using the term back to what it once was because they're back to where they once were and, and they're competing at the high level up in the Toledo region. And, and it was just another good conversation with another good human being who happens to be a very good coach. Yeah. And it's uh, you know, I think we asked the question, was it daunting taking over the program, you know, because of the history there and, and it's one of the iconic programs really in the state of Ohio. And then obviously uh, taking over uh, from, for his mentor, uh, Jamie Ruffner, but they really, they picked the right guy. I mean, they, he's, he's definitely, uh, all about Bowling Green hockey and they're having a great year this year. So it's really nice to see them, uh, you know, that, uh, Connor's been able to continue the building effort that, uh, started with Jamie Ruffner. Absolutely. And, and, you know, leading into the States, leading into the state tournament, they, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're peaking at the right time. They're doing the right things. I know they came off of a, of a, uh, a game over the weekend and, and ever the parody that's going on in, in the state right now is fantastic. I mean, you want to talk about competitive balance and, and I, I understand that you're going to have that. I, I don't, there's going to be a drop off in level. There's going to be, however, what you're seeing out of, out of each section is, I mean, anybody can do it at any time. And I think that what that's showing is the definite need. And I know Scott, you've written about it numerous times and you keep plugging it is the need for multiple divisions. And, and that's a whole nother issue, but you know, good luck to Bowling Green. Good luck to all the teams heading into the uh, state tournament this upcoming week. 
Yeah, and we'll recap uh, the league tournaments here shortly, but lots of one-goal games, lots of overtime games. So, yeah, parity looking pretty good across the state. Absolutely. Well, this week is an all-goaltender episode of the podcast. We'll talk to freshman goaltender River Ambrose of the Amherst Still Comets. River, River will be joined by her head coach, Mr. Steve Morris. And then we'll talk to Clayton Knapp a Sylvania native and former Sylvania North star and tri-state Spartan who is coming off a strong performance at last week's North American hockey league top prospect showcase. Before we get to our guests, as we do every week, what's good with the boys. How's it going out there, Daniel? What's new? Uh, having a little technical difficulties there with the microphone. Oh, okay. But, um, no, not, nothing's new. Um, just, you know, another exciting day at, at Bedford High School. Um, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> but we did, I mean, not that, you know, really matters to me that much, but um, last night in the Super Bowl, there was a Bedford alum on the Rams. So very nice. And, uh, that's a nice little shout out. But other than that, you know, same crap, different day, pretty much. What about you guys? Spent a little time uh, over the weekend uh, replying to parents' re- uh, inquiries as to why I was not putting their son's assists in the on the stat sheets, but uh, I kind of it, it's something that happens periodically over the course of the year, but it seems to be peaking right now for some reason. I'm not sure why, but how, how much do they charge for? I heard, for it, a, I heard, I heard <laughs> it in the arena. Why didn't? Why are you not putting my son? <clears throat> Like I'm proactively trying to screw some high school kid. I don't know. There's money at stake, Scott. People get paid for assists. So I'm sending them screenshots of the score sheet. Like, is that a four or is that a 14? What do you think? <laughs> I love it. But you know what I mean. I absolutely I get, I get love it. it. I, and look, I want to have the right information up there. But, you know, if the score sheet says 14, then that's who I'm going to give it to. You got to call the coach, get that stuff changed. I'm not doing it. You're just a messenger, buddy. That's right. You just provide information to the people. You're, yeah. you're you you put out what you're given, and some but of it you see with that, your own. Some you see with your own eyes, though. You always get, and then some of them are kind of a little nasty. So you, you kind of feel like, oh, I screwed up. And then when you get out the game sheet, and you go, oh no 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 no, I got it right. <laughs> you have this, you know, moral uh, high ground that you. It's, it's it's a rush. It's great, but. Now, other than that, pretty quiet. Uh, happy Valentine's Day, by the way. Yeah, thanks, sweetheart. Uh, the cards in the mail. Danny, I got you candy. You like Sour Patch Kids? Is that what it is? I do like Sour Patch Kids. See, oh, I got so you, I got you some here. Thank if you. I don't see you this week, I'll just eat them. And First they're sour, they're then they're sweet. Oh, yeah. I've been on a few places like that. Yeah, well, I came before. My yeah. wife's like, oh, I thought you were doing the podcast. Thinking I was taking her to dinner or something, I was like, nah, I got to go in the basement. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no comment. I love it. Well, with the uh, pending high school hockey season winding down, entering the state tournament, let's get into the news and see what's going on in the world of hockey through the Ohio Hockey Digest. The high school league tournaments concluded over the weekend, and there were a lot of exciting games played all over the state. Olin Tangy Berlin defeated Olin Tangy Liberty four to three in overtime to win the Blue Jackets Cup as champions of the Capital Hockey Conference for the first time in school history. Congratulations to head coach Tim Pennington and the Bears. 
St. Edward made it back-to-back Cleveland Cups with a 3-2 overtime win over Gilmore Academy on Saturday night. League MVP Jack Mansour provided the winning goal for the Eagles, who also won the regular season title in the Great Lakes Hockey League. Five of the six Great Lakes Hockey League tournament games were decided by a single goal, and four of them went to overtime. Over in the Greater Cleveland High School Hockey League, the 51st Annual Baron Cup, uh, Normandy won Baron Cup 3 with a 6-2 win over Cuyahoga Valley Christian Academy. It was the first Baron Cup title for the Invaders in over 20 years. Western Reserve Academy defeated Strongsville 6-1 in the Baron Cup 2 final. The Pioneers now have four Baron Cup wins overall and three since 2014. And the Menor Cardinals capped off the Baron Cup Sunday triple header by winning the Baron Cup for the third time in the last four years with a 2-0 win over a strong Hudson team that finished in first place in the Greater Cleveland High School Hockey League Red Division. The Amherst Steel Comets, six-time winners in Barron Cup 2, were involved in a pair of overtime thrillers as they pursued their first title in the Red Division. More on this later in the show. Uh, Archbishop Alter won the Swashel Tournament by defeating Beaver Creek 2-1 in a rematch of the 2021 championship game. The Knights became the fourth school to win that league tournament in the last four years following St. Xavier, Talawanda, and Beaver Creek. And there is no league tournament in the Northwest Hockey Conference, but the regular season title went to Toledo-St. Francis with a 10-1 record in league play. So now we turn our attention to the state playoffs. Go to ohiohockeydigest.com for district brackets and daily schedules and results. Here are the top four seeds by district, one through four. In Sylvania, Toledo, St. Francis, Bowling Green, Finley, and Northview. In Brooklyn, Ignatius, St. Ed's, Padua, and Rocky River. Over in Kent, and uh, back in Kent this year after they had to play both uh, brackets out of Brooklyn uh, last year. So back at Kent State Ice Arena, Gilmore Academy, U.S., Shaker, and Walsh. And in Columbus, Olentangy Liberty, Upper Arlington, Olentangy Berlin, and St. Charles Prep. Make sure you come back for next week's podcast when we will preview the district tournaments with media reps from around the state. The T-Show tournament is at Sports Plus in Cincinnati this weekend. Michigan, Ohio State, and Ohio University finished within two points of each other at the top of the North Division, while the Miami Redhawks went undefeated in league play in the South. Games are Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with puck drop at noon for the championship game on Sunday, February 20th. Team USA men won their group and are seeded number one for the knockout round of the Olympic hockey tournament in Beijing, China. The U.S. roster is largely comprised of current college players with some European-based veterans mixed in, including team captain, former Miami Red Hawk, Andy Mealy. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens and Edmonton Oilers both fired their coaches last week. Former Cleveland Lumberjack Martin St. Louis will replace Dominic Ducharme in Montreal. And Jay Woodcroft moves up from Edmonton's farm team to take the place of Dave Tippett. Any thoughts on the coaching changes left? Yeah, actually, I saw a meme the other day, and it was a picture of uh, St. Louis on the bench. And it said, what happens when your coach is still the best player in the organization? <laughs> He was a um, player, that's for sure. Oh God, yeah. I mean, legs like tree trunks. I mean, they were they were full on trees. I mean, he's just Absolutely. he put the work in, and, and he had to, and he wanted to, and he, and he was one of the best players to ever play the game. And that was, I'm I'm happy he's getting his opportunity there. I, I 
watched a bit of his press conference and, and a lot of what he had to say was spot on. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a different approach. It seems to be that he will be a player's coach. I know Montreal hasn't exactly helped them out with their play lately, but Hey, that, that's for another guy to talk about, not me. And as far as tip in uh, Edmonton, they put a lot of eggs in a basket. They got to get something going and, and hopefully uh, coach can uh, stop the puck. No coach can't coach can't score the goals either. And hopefully uh, what's his name? Uh, general manager, Ken Holland can uh, do, make some, bring in some pieces to fit around two of the best players in the world. Otherwise yeah. it's going to be an interesting off season and, and possible uh, sayonaras to a few of the players, but Hey, that's why they make the big bucks and we run a podcast out of the basement. It's wow, fantastic. Right. That's the answer to why are they firing the coach and not the general manager because he couldn't get goaltending and that's be about 5 million a year. Uh, I don't know how many years he has less left on his, uh, on his deal, but. Are we talking about are we talking about an Edmonton with Koskinen? No, no, no I'm saying um, a general manager makes five. Oh, minutes. oh, 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 well, you know. So he's not going anywhere anytime soon. No, no, he's not. So I know. Um, Semi breaking news here. Uh, Tyler Toffoli, uh, Montreal traded Tyler Toffoli to Calgary for picks and a prospect this afternoon. So they're starting to move guys out. Well, it was a matter of time, and I did read that the other day that they were trying to move them, and and Calgary that they, they they got something brewing up there, and you yeah, know they, it, they are a very good club, and and yeah. you know you put a Sutter on the bench, and he he's entertainment at its best, in, in interviews if you ever watch those. But yeah. <laughs> anyways, all right, we're gonna take a short time out. When we come back, we will sit down with and we will bring on air River Ambrose and Steve Morris of the Amherst Steel Comets. Thanks for putting me on mute, Jason. Good job. Following three state Baron Cup two titles from 2018 to 2020, the Amherst Steel Comets moved up to the red division of the Greater Cleveland High School Hockey League. Last week, the Comets were involved in a pair of thrilling overtime contests in the Baron Cup playoffs. One went their way, and sadly, one did not. But for sure, the Amherst program is competing with the top teams in the Greater Cleveland High School Hockey League, thanks in no small part to their coaching and goaltending. And please join with me in welcoming on air from Amherst Steel High School, goaltender River Ambrose and head coach, Mr. Steve Morris. Thank you guys for joining us tonight. Hey, thanks for the invite. Appreciate it. River, how are you tonight? Doing great. How are you? I'm well. Cut loose. Cut loose. We're, we're very laid back, as your coach can attest to. 
we're as laid back as he looks like when he's on the bench in the middle of a big game. So that should be pretty good. The repeat uh, appearance for Coach Morris. Yes, well, he's a friend of the program. He's he's all about games of chance, and that's why he decides to come back and join us. In the two-time yeah. club. It's Coach, been a couple months. It's been a couple months, though, I think. Well, I'm sure you got some story you haven't told us over the course of the last 15 years, so that's why we had to have you back. Yeah, that's why I actually came on here to protect River because I'm scared of the stories you're going to tell. <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. Secret safe with me. Coach, I want to get started with you. They say good goaltending makes you a better coach. Do you believe that that to be true? 110%. Absolutely. Who are some of the goalies that backstopped comments to Baron Cup uh, wins in the past? Oh, we've had, uh, you know, three or four uh, goalies that have done a, a great job for us over the past early we had uh, a guy by the name of uh, king that did us a nice job at the beginning and then uh, eli brands come in stuff like that so we, we've had a couple different goalies at different times but none really uh as ninth graders yeah, so, yeah river uh he mentions you are a freshman with the comets this year uh tell us about how you got into hockey in general goaltending in particular and where you played and developed your skills prior to high school? I started um, when I was seven, and I played through the Illyria program, and I went to different teams my whole life. Um, I guess I've probably always played up. Oh. Yeah. When did you uh, put the pads on? Um, pretty soon. It was, yeah. I realized I wasn't doing as well playing out. Um, so I want to try in between the posts. So, okay. um, yeah. Did, did you find it challenging? Were you, were, you, were you always on women's teams? Did you bounce back and forth between uh, co-ed teams or was it strictly boys teams? Um, at first I was on Cleveland Barons for playing for girls part-time but I've mostly been on boys teams do you find there to be a drastic difference between taking shots from boys or taking shots strictly from girls uh, I believe so um, if there's more competition with playing with boys teams and I've progressed much more do you find that 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 the women are more methodic in their approach to trying to score on you as opposed to the guys who just think they're big and strong and just let clappers go and you just laugh at it and grab it and say okay next uh yes yes okay coach morris let's talk a little bit about the team in front of river you're competing in the red division now with teams that may have deeper benches how are you able to distribute your ice time uh, let's say specifically for joey kramer and nick sura uh it doesn't get distributed very much actually when you don't have that many <laughs> <laughs> we, we actually have uh, 15 uh, players at this point in time, and uh, eight of them had never played at the high school level coming into this year. So, and actually three of them are, were ninth grade goalies. So there was um, a lot of ice time for uh, Joey and Nick to be had. And and how how did the team manage that being that, you know, you, you went into overtimes and double overtimes and, and, and you know, in, in the parts of the game that I watched, the boys were still – plugging and going. I mean, that's obviously attributed to, you know, how you work them and, and, and the discipline that you have when your club. 
Yeah, I think that comes down to the effort that they put in. Obviously, in practice, we do a lot of skating. We, we're always in motion trying to get to that level, knowing that uh, we don't have a lot of bodies and we're going to run up against uh, teams that are going to run three lines and four or five defensemen at us. So we know that. Also, we try and play a very uh, controlled system uh, to try and save the legs and, and try and um, allow them to play a lot more than they should be. Did you feel that there was any sort of carryover in the Hudson game? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, a little, little bit of tired uh, legs. Yeah, we had some tired legs. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but a lot of times, as you know, when you get to that level and you're in a game like that, uh, the tired legs seem to go away because you get adrenaline, you get uh, competitive, and, and I think that especially the two guys that you were talking about, uh, it's all about competitive and the, the will to win and the will to play the best they could. Right. Well, Nick had a burst of speed there at the end of the second overtime. Yes, and that, yes, for sure. Right. So, but to give people uh, an idea what we're talking about, so uh, the overtime's eight minutes, right? Correct, so yep. That would be 16 plus four. So that was uh, that game went 60 minutes and 58 seconds. How much do you think Nick and uh, Joey Kramer were on the ice? Uh, for that six, uh, that 16 minutes? Yeah. Or, or for the 60 minutes, the whole night. The 60 minutes? Yeah. Well, you figure the first 45 probably, uh, let's go with 35. To, yeah. to 38 minutes and then uh nick probably in the two overtime periods uh probably came off once in each period and joey maybe uh, once or twice the, the same thing yeah it, it, it's crazy to go in those double overtime games and, and the overtime thriller you had with river earlier in the week and and the game was up and down the ice the hudson game was up and down the ice the whole time so i mean th there's the adrenaline kicking in and understanding what you're playing for and, and this time of year just seems to bring out the best in all players yeah, I, I think that, that, yeah, no matter what, uh, you know, when you get into a game like that, like I said before, your tired legs have a tendency to go go away or you're able to push through a lot of that. And we're, we got a lot of guys. We had a couple of defensemen also probably not come off the ice uh, that much either. So we're just at that situation where you, when you're playing at that level and the two teams that were playing and the quality of players they got, uh, we just got to try and figure out a way to hang in there and see what happens. So going back to the uh, uh, the Rocky River game there in the quarterfinals, and uh, first of all, I've been telling everybody that that was the most entertaining high school hockey game I've seen all year. It was it was really fantastic. Um, but River, I wanted to ask you about uh, or talk about perseverance. So this is Thursday night at Brooklyn Rec Center. You go into the third period. You're up three to one. Rocky River gets one 13 seconds into the period. And that really gave them a spark. They were all over you guys uh, at that point. Um, a little later in the period, you had a five-minute power play, but were unable to convert. And then they end up tying the game with five seconds left. So I'm just wondering, you know, what goes through your head in situations like that? This is a game you eventually won. But moments like that in a game test the mental strength of an athlete. And I'm just wondering what goes through your head to keep you positive and when things like that happen. Uh, I think we try and forget about it and just think that it's very much tie game. Yeah. Yeah. There was also uh, a controversial no goal uh, there. You had a much better view of it than I did. Was that was it in? Was it over the line? No, 
sir. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I saw the smile the minute you started the question. You, you knew full well there was no way she was saying that. That like when we was. asked uh, Don Van Massenhoven if he ever made a makeup call. No, yeah, he didn't look. He didn't smile at us though. Never made that. So I was pretty sure that you were going to tell me that that one uh, didn't go over the line, but it was very close. Is River? Is there anything that you tell your defensemen or, or you tell the players in front of you that? You know, to in, in, in games that just go long and they're back and forth with lots of rushes, is there anything you say to keep them on a positive side? I mean, they're, they're playing big minutes. They're getting tired. And, and coincidentally, your goaltender, you're on the ice the whole time, probably having a blast. So is there anything that you say to the players that are in front of you at a stoppage or anything to just keep morale light, good, and going? Um, I try and let them know that I'm also very tired. <laughs> <laughs> and so that we could try and keep going um together how's the how's the camaraderie the 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 makeup of your team how how have you seen that develop and grow over the course of this year um it's gotten it was, it was a little slow but it got a lot better as we played together so everything's firing in the right way and on all cylinders heading into the state tournament correct yeah Great. Coach, uh, up next in the Brooklyn District playoffs, you actually start off against the Brooklyn Hurricanes on Saturday night. Uh, will this week be any different than your usual routine leading up to a game? No, it'll be the, the same thing. We'll, we'll practice uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday afternoon, and Thursday afternoon, and then uh, we'll get ready for Saturday. And uh, the only difference uh, we have, if, for just if we win that, we have actually slotted a practice in on Monday uh, seeing that we come back on the Tuesday night. So that, that's the only difference that will change, but really nothing will change. We, we really don't change much. We're pretty uh, pretty much the same uh, week in and week out. Keep that routine. That's what makes it great. Now, not looking past Brooklyn, as you brought up, uh, you, you may end up playing. If, if you defeat Brooklyn, you will you'll could possibly run into the Benedictine Bengals, who uh, had a strong season in the Red Division. You also have St. Ignatius High School on, on your side of the bracket. I, I believe the last time you were on, Coach, we discussed it, but if we haven't, do you have any thoughts on multiple divisions for the state tournament? Yeah, I, yeah, I do. I, th I think uh, to be fair for uh, public schools like ourselves that are, you know, maybe having 12, 15 players type of thing, um, there, there has to be some way of setting it up that, that like our biggest problem uh, – in our bracket is, as, as you know, uh, we play, we get there in the semifinal, we'd have to get uh, St. Ignatius. And then maybe from there, if we got through there, got lucky, then we got to come up against obviously Eds or Padua or something like that. And I, I see a team like ourselves being able to maybe get lucky once, but to be able to pull that off because you're, you're basically going back to back, you know, type of thing. Uh, it's hard for a program like ourselves that have those, 15 players or we're, we're riding uh, six or seven or eight guys really hard to be able to come back when we're going against really elite teams that can roll out three lines and, and four defense. And I, I don't know what the perfect scenario is and how to do that. Um, but I, I think it, it has been discussed and I think it needs to be continued to be discussed and we need to try something and then tweak it from there to try and make it uh, the best for, for everybody and make it legitimate. Do you believe that that if the state adopted a multi-divisional 
format that it would help grow the schools that that maybe only have 12 to 15 skaters you you don't have to quote unquote leave your area to to win something there's you have that chance so would do you think you would see maybe a growth in the game yeah for sure right absolutely there there's no doubt that there are some uh, players that leave uh, say an Amherst school district or Westlake uh, talking from our side or Avon or something like that. They leave to go to uh, St. Ignatius or St. Ed's or Holy name, something like that, where they think there's an opportunity to win state championships. Um, Because when they really look at it, uh, as I just said, the odds of us doing it and getting there are, you know, very, very slim. There are chances Rocky river's done it. uh, You know, Shaker's done it. A few people have done it over the time. But the, your better chance, if that's what you really want to play hockey for and you want that opportunity, um, I think it may at least make them think about it, that maybe they stay and and bring their buddies along and, and all of a sudden you, you try and build something and go win a state ter- state tournament within your, your city, your local uh, school district, I think was would be special. Absolutely. And uh, before we let you go, River, one more question for you. What's next for you after the varsity? season is over do you play other sports no I don't play other sports but I wanted to um, go to as many clinics and camps as I can to try and better myself for next season what are some of the uh how do you where do you get your summer hockey um I attend clinics for Jim Kesserich um I was going to do a camp for um, some girls stuff this summer. All right. Nice. Well, good luck with that. And uh, good luck in the district tournament. River, I have one more question. Has Coach Morris ever told you how good of a goal scorer he is in practice? Does he ever just line it up and be like, you know, I, I hold records? Um. Be nice, yeah. River. Be nice now. <laughs> when you when you when he shoots and you make a glove save on him, do you ever just toss the puck back and go, "Okay, old man, nice try," or do you just let an occasional one go by because you know you just feel bad for him? He's got a windmill. Oh, you you oh you windmill him. Oh my lord! Well, hey, good I don't luck. shoot that. I don't shoot that hard for her to be able to do that. <laughs> well, good luck at practice tomorrow night. Uh, anyways, but no, River uh, River Ambrose, Steve Morris, Amherst Still Comets, thank you guys for taking the time out tonight to join us. Uh, good luck in the state tournament. Uh, as we said, you're going up against Brooklyn on Saturday night. Thanks again for joining us, and uh, best of luck. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Nice talking to you. Good Thanks seeing you again. On, guys. Thanks, guys. All right. This episode of the Ohio Hockey Digest on-air podcast is brought to you by Athletic Performance Insight. API is easy to use, affordable technology, designed specifically for amateur hockey, provides every team the opportunity to benefit from video and analytics. Teams use the API app to track events in real time. Event data is used to generate reports and simplify video review. Athletic Performance Insight, amateur hockey, elite technology, professional results. Go to athleticperformanceinsight.com today to learn more about the tool and view a demo video. When we come back, we will sit down and bring on air Connor Knapp.
Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Lawman is putting into my running, and I'm so far from my home. Oh, mama, I can hear you are crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hangman is coming down from the gallows, and I don't have very long. remind our live audience if you have any questions or comments please type those into the chat and if an opportunity presents itself producer dan humphrey will put you on with us our next guest grew up in sylvania and played for the sylvania north stars and tri-state spartans before moving on to junior hockey he's a 2021 draft pick of the green bay gamblers in the united states hockey league and last week played in the north american hockey league's top prospect showcase making 24 saves to backstop the Central Division to a five to two win. Please welcome on air Sylvania native and North American Hockey League All Star Clayton Knapp. Clayton, thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I, I do want to apologize because when I introed it, I called you Connor Knapp, and and I am so sorry. I oh, for whatever whatever reason that name was in my head, and I'm getting text messages from my uh, co-host here going, "It's Clayton, it's Clayton, it's Clayton." So <laughs> out of the rip, buddy. I want to apologize and congratulations on last weekend. Thank you. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a really fun weekend. Yeah, now that we're doing the show live, we can't go back and clean this stuff up later. But um, yeah, congratulations on on uh, playing in the uh, Top Prospects game. Um, wanted to start by asking you some things about uh, growing up in the Toledo area. Um, we spoke with some guys from that area in recent weeks. Uh, Bowling Green head coach Connor Rodgowski, uh, Brendan Furry, who help St. Francis to a state championship before going on to a, a pretty impressive first couple of years in the NCAA. They both talked about the strong hockey culture in Northwest Ohio. So talk to us about growing up in Sylvania, um, playing youth hockey for the North Stars as a kid, and, and where did you go to high school? Yeah, so I guess the first part there about the, the hockey culture in Northwest Ohio, obviously when people think of Ohio, they don't think of it as a, as a huge hockey state, more so football and basketball, but um, I think us being so close to Michigan definitely has something to do with it. Obviously, they have great programs up there with Little Caesars, Bell Tire, et cetera. Um, but it's really cool to be from the Toledo area and, and with, you know, uh, with Ferry and, you know, obviously we have Tanner Dickinson drafted by the Blues and Ben Schoen, who's at Penn State. and um, A lot of other great players, too. Gordy Meyer, who's with the Walleye now. So um, just being able to be around those guys, learn from those guys growing up and um, ultimately kind of sort of be a part of that and obviously uh you know i want to do the great the same great things that they're doing so um yeah it's it's obviously cool and hopefully hopefully keep that going so you moved to the tri-state spartans uh for your u18 year how did that help get you on the radar for the north american league and the ushl i mean it, it looks like you had a few junior call-ups last year even if you didn't get a chance to get in the net yeah, um, you know, obviously growing up with the Sylvania North Stars organization, it was it was a huge help with with my coaches there. And uh, obviously they knew a lot of people and helped me out a lot. And then moving on with the, with the Tri-State Spartans for my U18 year, 
um, allowed me to get out and uh, have have different eyes see me from different viewpoints. And, um, you know, obviously at, at the end of my season last year going and uh, getting the opportunity to be with Tri-City, which is an amazing organization, USHL. And um, that experience was unbelievable. Um, and then uh, obviously drafted by Green Bay, started the year there, and ultimately signing a tender and ending up here with the Austin Bruins and North American League. So, um, you know, it was, it was definitely just a good move for me to be able to see, be seen by a few different people. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky to have the opportunities that I did to, to be where I'm at now. So you ended up landing a full-time spot in Tier 2 Junior this year with the Austin Bruins. Uh, first of all, tell us where that is exactly. The the Null has a strong presence in Texas, but it's not that Austin, right? Yeah, no, this is Austin, Minnesota. So we're about, uh, about an hour and a half south of, of the cities. Okay. So uh, you were not drafted uh, in the nehl draft you signed a tender last spring how does that process work exactly yeah so uh it actually it's actually kind of funny so uh, i my whole season last year talked to a few north american hockey league teams here and there but um nothing really super serious and then i went to tri-city and um while i was there uh, the general manager there uh obviously he he's been around hockey for a really long time so he he uh, helped make a few phone calls for me and, and the phone call to coach Steve Howard, who's my head coach now, uh, ended up going well, I guess. And uh, they watched video on me and had a few conversations with them. And then uh, one time this summer coach called me and um, he was like, Hey, you know, we, we like what we see and we want you to be part of part of our organization. Uh, do you want to sign to tender? And I was like, I was like, absolutely. I mean, here in Austin, they have a, they have a great history of developing unbelievable goalies. Um, and we're in the best division, I think, at the central division, always super close, really competitive. So, um, you know, obviously just everything stacked up, right. And uh, to be able to, to be able to be here is, is really fun, really exciting. And uh, hopefully we can win a championship here in Austin. So are the people in Minnesota really as crazy for hockey as we hear they are? Uh, I know. Oh, that- yeah. Ice yeah. hockey and the wild are having a great year. Uh, how's the support for junior hockey? Yeah, it's actually really, it's awesome. Obviously uh, you have your nights here and there. Like we, we had one night that we expect to be a huge crowd, but there's a huge snowstorm. So we only had like 150 people at the game. But <laughs> other, other than that, uh, we, we have great support. And just a few weekends ago uh, here in Austin with the Hormel Institute for cancer research, we do a paint the rink pink night. Um, so we had specialty jerseys and there's a ton of promotions. We, we did have pink ice actually. Um, so it was just a huge night. We had, I think a little over 2000 people there, which is sellout for us. And, uh, we auctioned off the jerseys and, um, all the money that we got goes to cancer research. So, uh, it was, it was a really fun night I mean, we lost the game, which, which was obviously a game you want to win in front of your fans like that. But, uh, you know, that night was bigger than hockey and it was really fun to be a part of. So we mentioned that you were drafted by the Green Bay Gamblers in the USHL uh, in the USHL draft, excuse me. And you had the opportunity to play one game this season. How long were you in Green Bay leading up to that? Yeah. So I got to Green Bay right at the end of August for training camp. And then uh, I came here to Austin around the end of October. I think I got here October 20 something, maybe. Okay. So did you play in Green Bay or were you in that game uh, before you came back to Austin? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I played a, played a game against Dubuque 
um, well, preseason game against Dubuque. And then uh, um, didn't didn't really see a ton of ice time after that. So I thought it would be uh, best best for me and my development to come somewhere in a in a very good goaltending league, especially with the North American Hockey League. Obviously, produce great goaltenders, Division One goalies all the time. So uh, I talked to my family, talked to my advisor, and talked to other people that I know really well. And um, we decided that being able to to come back here and have a chance to play and solidify myself as, as a junior hockey goalie uh, would be really valuable. Um, so we did that. And, uh, and, you know, obviously you build great relationships with the coaches and the people in green Bay and uh, with my host family too. But so leaving there was, was really tough. It's a great spot to play junior hockey. Uh, it's a great organization, but um, for me as a hockey player coming to Austin was, was the best decision I think. And I've been happy with it. So in your, your brief time in, in Green Bay so far, what are, what are, I guess, what are the differences between the North American League and the USHL that, that you personally have noticed? Yeah, so for me as a goalie, um, I mean, in the USHL, you're playing against guys that are, guys that are first-round draft picks and guys that are going to play in the NHL one day. Um, and, like, for as a goalie, like, their, their shots are – their release gets off quicker. The puck comes in harder. Um, guys are a little bit more deceptive uh, and the game's just overall a little bit faster. Um, but compare that to North American hockey league, obviously we have a lot of really good talent here. Um, it's just a little bit of a, of a heavier game, if that makes sense. So it's a lot more physical um, guys wear down fast. Like teams try to wear other teams down faster and just grind it out and games are games are really tight and really fun and competitive every night. So um, both unbelievable leagues, uh, both leagues that I'm really proud and honored to be a part of. Um, but, you know, one's just, just a little bit step ahead. Um, but, you know, here, like I said, in the North American league, it's, it's a great junior league that produces division one talent left and right all the time. Absolutely. So uh, you're having a great year. Um you mentioned the top prospects. So that's, uh, there's, there's four all-star teams, right? Each division yep. as a team, two goalies on each roster or three, uh, two goalies on each roster. Yeah. So you got to play one game. You stopped 24 out of 26 shots, uh, to get the win in that one. Um, when you're, how long did you have to come together with that team before you started playing? Is it, um, like any other game, once the puck drops, was there more pressure? Did it, you know, with, I assume there were scouts there. Yeah, it's a it's a really highly scouted event. Um, there's a lot of Division One schools there, a lot of Division Three schools there, and a lot of NHL scouts there too. Uh, so, you know, going in there and you see you see all the people with their notepads, and it's like wow, like there's a lot of people here. But <clears throat> once once you start going through your pregame routine and warmups, and you get on the ice for the game, you just kind of block it all out and just say, hey there's a lot of people here watching, but there's people watching every single night and you just gotta, gotta play your game and show them what you can do and not try to do too much. And what other kinds of activities do they build around, around the game for the players while you're there? Do you get to interact with any uh, college recruiters or what else are you doing? Yeah. Away from the game? Yeah, so for uh, like away from the game, obviously, you know, before and after the game, you're talking, you're talking with, uh, the colleges that come up to you and uh, you just, you just kind of have conversations with them, whether it's a school you've talked to before or whether it's a new one. Um, so those interactions are always fun. Just to be able to have those conversations. 
Um, but other than that, uh, my family was able to come down since it's only about three and a half hours because it was in Pittsburgh. So, um, I spent a good amount of time with them. Uh, but at the hotel, like I stayed, I stayed in a room with one of our, another player from Aberdeen, which is one of our rivals. So in our division, <laughs> so that was, that was kind of interesting walking in there and seeing all this Aberdeen stuff. I was like, Oh, we'll see how this works out. But no, how, it was, how did that work out? What, what is the first, when you walked into that room and there's a rival sitting there and obviously you guys all for the most part, know each other, know of each other, whatever. But how, how did that, I mean, I, I know there wasn't a fist fight the minute you walked in the door. I understand that, but what was the dynamic like when when he saw you walk in? I think his his eyes kind of opened a little bit. He's like, "Wow, I was expecting this to be one of my teammates," but um, <laughs> because we had we had four other guys there, we had uh, some of our twenty year olds there that that were able to go, and those guys were in a room together. So I was I was the odd man out being the youngest one. I kind of got the short end of the straw there with, <laughs> with the other team. So, but it it obviously worked out well. Um, no blood anywhere. Nobody got injured. So it was a good time. You, you didn't cut his laces. I mean, I'm sure his bag was at the arena, but he didn't cut his laces or put some clear tape on the bottom of his skate just so that he'd make a good first impression when he stepped on the ice. <laughs> no, he was a defenseman. I had to take care of him. Oh yeah. 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 That's, that's a good point. That's a good point. So away from the rink, Clayton, we understand that in addition to your obvious commitment to hockey, you've also found time to get ahead in your schooling and you're also getting close to your Eagle scout. What, how do you manage your time? Um, well, obviously huge credit to my parents. Um, they, they help keep my mind straight and make sure I'm on task. And the minute I get off task, I, I got one of them right there saying, Hey, make sure you get your stuff done. But, <laughs> um, I've, you know, I've always been, uh, I've always been a kid uh, growing up. I played, played soccer and baseball as well until, uh, uh, I played soccer till eighth grade and I played baseball my freshman year. And then um, in seventh and eighth grade, I did track and cross country just because I've never, I was ne obviously with hockey here in Minnesota, you just play for your high school, but in Ohio, uh, it's a little bit different. You don't play for your high school, obviously. And um, I just want to do something to be a part of my school. Uh, so, so that was fun. And then uh, obviously my, my sophomore year has been COVID hit and I had to make a decision like, is this really something that I really want to pursue? And uh, obviously the decision was yes. Um, but, I, and then you, you talk about the Eagle Scout and uh, stuff like that. And that's just something my, my family's always been a part of. My dad is, my grandparents are, um, both my uncles are, my brother is. So uh, just try to try to keep falling in line with them. And um, I think it's, it's something pretty unique to me and not, not a lot of people, are involved in and don't really understand it, but to be, to be an athlete and also uh, be really close to earning that is, is pretty special. Do you, do you think your scouting experience has helped you in hockey or vice versa? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously in hockey, like here on our team, you, you play with guys from all around the world. Um, and then, you know, in scouting, you, you deal with um, not deal with people, but you get to meet with people from, a lot of different backgrounds. Uh, you know, I've, not everybody is as big into athletics as I am, or as big into, you know, maybe video games as some other people are. So just being able to, to meet new people and learn how to interact with, with different people is, it was a, uh, I think is the biggest part of it. Good luck finishing up the Eagle Scout. That's a lot of work. I know my son is uh, getting close. 
So we, we don't have any Eagle Scouts in the family yet, but we will hopefully uh, this summer. You haven't had a chance to go to Philmont, have you? I did, actually. Uh, summer of 2019, I went with with my dad and my brother and obviously our crew, and I also went to, to Seabase in 2018, too. So. Oh, nice. All right. So that well, was, that was that, fun. I did, so I did Philmont last last summer with my son, and, and we're going to Seabase probably uh, next year. Yeah, both both great experience both very different from each other do you, yeah do you, have, do you have any tips for this old guy here uh don't fall off the cliff it's pretty much all i can think of <laughs> <laughs> well my wife's talking about she wants to go to so the sea base is in the florida keys and it's all yeah. snorkeling and all that so my yeah. wife said well maybe i'll do that one i was like oh so i get to carry 70 pounds uphill all day and sleep in the rain and you'll do the one with the, on the beach with the snorkel. <laughs> hey, smart move by her. I can't blame yeah. her. Uh, savvy. Um, <clears throat> so you have two more years of junior eligibility, um, right? Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what's your next opportunity for a camp or a tryout with Green Bay? What, what's does You just wait till this, this season's over and then there's a, a camp at some point in the summer? Yeah, so uh, actually while I was in Pittsburgh, I, I ran into the director of scouting of Green Bay and uh, we talked for a little bit. Uh, obviously, I haven't been there in a while, so it was, it was good to catch up there. And uh, Yeah, so the next thing there is, uh, you know, finish up my season here in Austin. Obviously, the uh, goal is to make the playoffs and go really far and, and win a Robertson Cup championship, which is what we're gearing up for here in the final stretch. And then after the season's over, uh, go back home. And then, yeah, so we'll have – They'll have the draft and everything like that. And then uh, we'll have main camp sometime in probably June, I would assume, um, is usually when it is. And that's when all the the draft picks and the returning players come in and stuff like that. So um, I think that's that's probably the next time I'll be in Green Bay uh, is, is for camp this summer. But uh, you never know with, like, injuries and everything like that. Uh, being a draft pick, I'm on the, I'm on the affiliate list for Green Bay, so – you know, if something unfortunate happened to, to one of their goalies where they'd get hurt or something with COVID sickness or something like that, um, even though the deadline's over, uh, I think I'd still be able to go up there. But um, for what it looks like right now is June for main camp is the next time I'll be there and um, we'll see what happens. And uh, what kind of timeline do you have for making a college decision? Um, you know, I have obviously until uh, – till the end of the season of my age out year a junior, which uh, hopefully the decision doesn't take that long, but um, you're hoping for something next season after one, you know, maybe step up to the USHL and then secure something. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously this year is, as a, like, you know, you I've started talking to schools and um, some schools have shown a good bit of interest. Some schools have, are just like, Hey, we want to, we want to take our time with you and, and, and see how you develop and whatever. So, um, you know, it's, it's a huge decision. Obviously I want to make a career out of this and play professional hockey. So, um, it's a decision where I don't want to rush it because I want to make the right one and find the right fit with the right people, right. Academics, uh, the right situation as a goaltender to step in and, and get a really solid amount of playing time over four years. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not anywhere near a decision there yet, but, uh, like I said, hopefully it doesn't take until, my last year junior hockey, if, if I do end up playing three years, but uh, like I said, there's, there's no rush at all. I'm still, 
still a rookie year, still pretty young. And uh, there's nothing, there's nothing to rush in that decision. Have you given any thought to what you're looking to do? I mean, as far as in deciding the schools, I, I know, as you said, you know, you, you have time for that and you're trying to find the right fit for you both academically and athletically. Have you thought at all? I mean, you're, you're an Eagle, you're, you're on your way to being an Eagle scout. You're, you're very well-spoken. You're having a very successful junior career so far. And, and, you know, it's going to only get better. Have you given any thought to what you're looking for on the academic side when you're deciding on where you may want to attend? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it changes every day for the, for the long, for the longest time. I thought I'd want to go something, the medical side of things, but, uh, my brother's in college and doing that. Um, and he's, he's studying all the time, always reading books, always, always doing stuff like that. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm, I'm a good student, but, um, you know, obviously academics take you a lot further than athletics do, but at the same time, you know, four, four years of hockey is going to go by fast and you want to enjoy it too. So, um, you know, and then, and then I, my dad's a teacher and I thought I wanted to be a teacher. Um, and then I went and went and shadowed him for a day and I was like, man, you know, like (laughs) this, this could be, this could be a long career with these kids. Um. And summer's then, off like, summer's off i know that's huge <laughs> and then uh you know my my uncle owns uh our fan like the family veterinary business and i went and saw him for a day and i was like yeah this you know, this, this isn't for me either so um <laughs> hey it's, hopefully... it's good to know what you don't want to do they're, yeah, they're yeah i mean that. that's for... i guess i guess that helps narrow it down but <laughs> you know fre- freshman year you can always just take normal classes until you you figure out what you want to do. Well, you're, you're a very smart guy. And from the sounds of things, you will figure it out in due time and when you're ready and you, man, your, your future's bright. You're having a hell of a year, continued success. Good luck in this push to the playoffs. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your day to or your evening. Excuse me. I, I was trying to do the time difference and you know, <laughs> it, it's almost time to, for you to eat. So thanks for, thanks for taking the time to join us tonight. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was fun. I enjoyed it. Well, we'll have to circle back uh, once it gets closer to playoffs, you know, after the push and touch circle back with you and see how things are going. Yeah, sounds great. Anytime. All right, guys. Thanks very much, man. All right. Thank you. We'll see you. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight. You can check us out on www.ohiohockeydigest.com for episode archives and a list of upcoming events. Special thanks to Coach Steve Morris and River Ambrose of Amherst Steel, as well as Clayton, Clayton Knapp, excuse me. And again, I apologize, Connor. I mean, Clayton Knapp for joining us tonight. Next week, we will preview the four OHSAA district tournaments with media representatives from around the states. Continuing to grow the game as best we can. This is On Air, the Ohio Hockey Digest podcast. Going down, I'm yelling timber. You better move, you better dance. Let's make a night you won't remember.